I'm the last new now. We're waiting a service. Rewinding back. Back to the Sunday Rewind with Tom and Mike on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Efforting Ryan Munson of HuskerOnline.com. They, uh, they throw out the name Mike Riley earlier. Yeah, Chris, Chris Raff pointed out that you're okay saying that they showed Mike Riley on the big screen. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. Obviously, uh, too many drugs over the weekend, uh, as usual. Just kidding. Um, or bad whiskey, one of the bad two. bad whiskey. I did have, I think, my first hangover in 20 years. I don't, I don't know what it was, um, but did the whiskey flight, ever done the whiskey flight? I, I, I would not place do in a, Lincoln. Yeah, I would not do a whiskey flight. I have done flights. And this is a place called, it's a really nice place. Uh, I thought it was good. 70 and uh, poor. Yeah. And 70 at the Pinder. Good place. Uh, but I've never done the flight and you, and you do all sorts of different whiskeys and it's a half a shot, uh, which by the fifth one is quite a bit. Uh, but they, you get to try various whiskeys. And I think I followed that with a beer and it didn't sit well. I don't think it was the fact that I was even hung over. It's just, it was just well, a weird feeling. But that's, that's so odd because they say liquor before beer and you're in the clear. I know. So I thought I was good and yeah. I had even water. I don't know if the water part is in the rhyme, uh, but it really, it put me out. So I went to the game yesterday, the Minnesota game, but I just didn't feel right. And we went to dinner afterwards it could barely eat, and that's not like me. You've seen me eat, yeah. Uh, so I felt uh, really kooky after that. Yeah, is he gonna? Looks like he might be trying to call in now. Um, so. He says two messages on my phone, Brian Munson. I see the line ringing, so let's see if. Okay, he, uh... well let's uh, let's let's bring him in. Let's see if this is Brian Munson of Husker Online. <laughs> hey, Brian, how are you? It is me, but it didn't even ring on my end. I just saw, I, I, I was like, why is my phone buzzing? And I well, was like, well, I, it is that time, but that's a text message. So well, sometimes I can I just. I have no idea what's going on. Well, sometimes I just conjure you up in my head. I imagine <laughs> that you're calling and then, boom, you call. There you are, Brian Mudson of HuskerOnline.com. I'm sure you saw the basketball game yesterday. Matt Rule was on the big screen. Dylan Riola was there. Good sign for Nebraska, I'm thinking. Uh, you know, it was pretty amazing. Um, waking up, still in the middle of a dead period. I mean, nothing really supposed to happen, you know, on campus until, you know, until the start of March. And, and Dylan Rayola, who has these really, you know, unusual set of circumstances, having an uncle that, you know, is, is on the staff and, and uh, has a, a father that's a legacy and likely has a bunch of friends and, and probably people that he even, he even considers to be family back in Nebraska. You know, getting back to Nebraska doesn't have to be a, a, a visit or, a, or like a, a, an unofficial visit. Let's just say it that way. It could be just, let's get out of town. Let's, let's, go, let's go do this. And that's really what it kind of sounds like that was so yeah it was it was fantastic to see i think it's a it's a, always a great sign when you get a chance to host a guy for the the fourth time the fifth time will be here in about three weeks when he comes back in on the 25th and we keep adding more and more guys to the visitor list for that weekend as well but yeah it, it was a fantastic uh, opportunity to get him on campus that pda was rocking i mean even coming through the television set it, it was very obvious that, that things were going well there and and that's just a fun basketball team to watch right now, so I'm sure he had a blast. Brian Munson from Husker Online, brought to you by the On3 Network, joining us here on the Husker Rewind. Brian, not only um, was Dylan in town and, and looking ahead here about three to four weeks with that weekend coming up, 
that list of visitors is not only growing, it's growing more impressive with every announcement of who else is going to be here. What do you expect to transpire in the two weeks after that visit as far as Nebraska football recruiting goes? Yeah, that's um, that's an interesting question. I mean, because Nebraska is likely going to be hosting more and more people as they get into the month of April, but they're also going to start taking a look at how are they going to get these guys slotted for those first official visits in the month of June. And, and there's also going to be a group of guys that are going to say, I don't really need to take all those official visits in June because I've already kind of figured out things that I want to do based on my month of, of March and, and April. So it's gonna it's gonna be kind of it's gonna be kind of interesting to watch and see which guy is where, see what their process really is gonna kind of is gonna kind of take them. I mean, there are those that are that are kind of betting on that. You know, you get Dylan Rayola going to Athens, Georgia on the 18th, and then he comes back to do the Nebraska do the Nebraska trip on the 25th. You know, there's some folks that think that he could potentially come off the board in, in April. Uh, there are those, there are those, though, however, that, that kind of think that he may be a little bit more open than that, and and that things aren't down to just a couple of schools. You know, so there there could be there could be Penn State and USC and some other things that could be kind of hanging out there. But there's you know there's other visitors that are coming in. You know, to the first two weekends of April, there's another vi- couple visitors that are coming in the, the first couple weeks of, of March. I think what's going to happen that out of that tw- that 25th weekend <clears throat> is you're going to kind of get a better understanding about what how serious I think things really are between Nebraska and Rayola, and I think you're going to see a ton of names get slotted, you know, in that first couple weeks there in June for official visits. And if that happens, guys, it it, it could be it could be really a fun ride through the month of July. Say Raiola commits, uh, you know, whenever he commits, how much momentum does that create for Husker football, and how many more could follow that are say in the top fifty? I, I, I honestly, um, that is such a uh, that's such a fun scenario to kind of uh, sit there and think about, but kind of putting it towards like who the actual guys are or who the actual players are that that could be in that next scenario. Um, it's it's really wild because you can you can li- li- literally let things you know um, go wild with you know who are the guys and who are those players you know that the Aaron Hamptons of the world that have already been communicating you know with with Rayola over social media when he's saying hey when are we going to do this thing and and it's um, I, I I think I think that that's going to be one of those one of those really wonderful kind of come along moments where where you got a guy that's kind of kind of saying hey this is where I'm going to go I'm calling my shot and guess what I want you to come here with me come take a visit that same weekend that I'm going to be there in the month of June um that would be a, that's going to be a fun weekend to kind of to kind of see all, it all come together but I mean if I had to guess I mean obviously he's already reached out to like Carter Nelson I'm sure the guys that are that are coming in this weekend you know have been in touch with him a little bit as well like you know like your your Gatlin Bear and 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 I'm sure that there's some other guys that, that that are not on the list this that weekend that that'll be coming in subsequently at other times, but I think that there's I, I would look towards I what I have heard keep looking out in California a little bit particularly on the offensive line I, I think that there's some dudes that he's already been talking to about if if he were to go to Nebraska that 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 may be what what happens and and see who follows him back out there to Nebraska then later on in June. 
Brian Munson from Husker Online joining us here on the Husker Rewind. Brian, I'm going to put you on the spot, but not put you on the spot. And you can avoid the spot if you want. Um, I'm not going to ask you where you think he will ultimately wind up, Dylan Raiola. But when do you? When does your gut tell you he's going to make an announcement? Do you think it will be sometime in the month of April? Do you think he will wait till summer? I want to know where he says he's going to wind up. I was trying to give him a, a, an out there. <laughs> There's enough crystal ball prediction yeah. saying Georgia or USC or Nebraska already. Yeah. So, but aside from yeah. that, when do you think he will commit? I personally believe that things are, I I think there's two narratives and I, and I hate to kind of just tell you not have it or have like a straight answer for you, but let me, let me kind of tell you where my answer is coming from. I happen to feel like there's two narratives. I think that there's the narrative that's out there that things are a little bit wide open. And I, and I think that there's a narrative that things are a little bit more narrowed down than what people really kind of think it is. I, I lean a little bit more towards the latter. Um, for that reason, I believe that this is going to happen sometime in April or May. Um, I think that that helps Nebraska with getting things slotted in that month of June. And, and I, I think that I think Dylan's a, a bigger picture operator in the first place. I think, I think he's the kind of guy that's going to help out when it comes to recruiting, and I think he's going to be very interested in making sure that he has – has a say or at least can, can act as a recruiting guy for the staff uh, when it comes to getting some guys to come in and take a visit. And I think that, that obviously he understands the timing of it all. He understands that if he can, if he can kind of tell people that's where he's going, um, that's going to help convince those guys to come in in June. So I, I, I really do feel like he is going to decide before his official visits. I, I, I do think it's in the month of May. Nebraska has not always had great luck in recruiting state's tight ends, uh, tight ends from the state, and they lost the best one from last year's class. And I think back to Matt Harriet, but if you have chosen Iowa or other schools, what are their chances with Carter Nelson knowing that he has an Alabama offer? <laughs> Things got really interesting for Carter Nelson very quickly. Um, that was such a wild weekend to go out there and, and see him because getting a chance to talk to Nick Saban the day before picking up the offer from the Crimson Tide and then hearing about all the schools that were, you know, like they were all of a sudden slamming him with interest like Texas, and A&M and Miami. And, and then also hearing about these other schools that, that seem to be, you know, very, very close to offering like Ohio state and UCLA. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's pretty wild because I don't, I, I, I not only think now that you're talking about, you know, the, the, the best or most talented eight-man player to come out of the state of Nebraska, but I think you're, you're tap dancing in the area of generational talent uh, when it comes to Carter. Um, I think things are going to become uh, very, very interesting for Nebraska fans to watch. He's going to take an East Coast tour. He's going to take a West Coast tour. Now that he has Georgia and Alabama and Texas and A&M, there's probably a pretty good chance there's now a southern leg of that as well, where he's going to take a take a take a chance to go ahead and ride down there and and check out a few more schools. And, and I think people should just go ahead and anticipate that. But I think in the end, Nebraska's got has got some real advantage there. I think obviously it's where he's at is is a he's very geographically isolated. You know where where he's you know two and a half hours away from Kearney, three plus from Grand Island, three and a half or so from Sioux Falls. I, I think logistically things get really, really, really difficult if he decided that he was going to go away 
and go play football someplace else, I think it's really difficult then to kind of get out and go travel and, and follow that kind of thing. So I, I, I think that, I think that while, you know, he's going to take these trips and I think he's going to go to some, some places that, that have had some success that Nebraska fans wish that they would have had up to this point, I think in the end, I, I do feel like he ends up being a Husker. I feel a lot better calling my shot there on Carter than I did than I, than I would with Rayola. If you guys would have actually asked me on Rayola, um, but that being said, I, I think it's that's one right there that's going to go well into the month of June. I, that guy, that guy is going to take official visits. There's no doubt about it. And he's going to go to some places and he's going to say some things about how great some schools are. But I think the biggest school right now that poses the, the biggest challenge is in Alabama. I believe it's another day. Okay, so I know Tom wanted to know, and I, I'll ask: Do you think Dylan Riola winds up at Nebraska? I go back and forth with it. I, I, I think if you had asked me before yesterday, I'd probably lean towards no. After yesterday, after what I saw, after after you know he, I don't think there's any other place in the country that he could take a visit and get treated that, that way. Period. Um, what? How does that kind of reflect then, or how does that how does that kind of make its way into into the decision process and considering Nebraska? That I'm not so sure of. So I'm going to say yeah that I think I think Nebraska does end up getting him. I, I I just I I like I said you're catching me on the on the basically the downside slope of him coming in there and being there for for a weekend. We'll see what happens when he's when he's coming back from from Athens there the week before the 25th, and we'll see how I feel then. But at the moment, I would give Nebraska a slight edge, uh, and I think I think things are you know like they're still USC still on that picture too. I think they're yeah. a real contender here for him. Brian Munson, Husker Online. You mentioned uh, best eight man. You're just talking about eight man football. The fact that Carter Nelson plays eight man football. You've been covering recruiting for a long time. Best eight man guy you can remember being recruited oh before that um terry keneally uh i mean keneally was a keneally was yeah. a pretty highly rated Hynus? you know player Hynus, where do he play what's that where do he play his yeah, Hynus. Hynus. yeah. Hynus. yeah yeah yep so i i i would say keneally um there's probably some guys that have been pretty productive that just have not really ever had kind of the Recruiting it, ranking to go along with it, but I would say Keneally. Wasn't there a, a kid from Iowa that went to I mean, Nebraska a lot? Was it Seth Malcolm? Seth Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah, Seth Malcolm is another one of the more recent. I'm trying to think of the, that. That's a good conversation. We should uh, oh, best yeah. eight man player of all time. But you, Carter probably has a chance to dwarf them all, right? Carter Nelson. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, and why I said you know like generational. So first of all, I went to Carney, and Tom Crop is a is a legend out at UNK, and. Knowing about Tom and and what he was able to kind of accomplish and the things that he did and how great of an athlete he was, that's when I saw Carter and I heard his story. Tom Crop is what really jumped into my head. I mean, because th- this is a uh, Carter's a guy that could that could do D one track. I mean, he's six four two fifteen. I mean, he he can't find a rated pole for pole vaulting that's heavy enough to to lift him up. <laughs> uh, but he's gonna go. He's gonna go thirteen eight, you know, on pole vault. And he's gonna run a a, a twenty two some odd second two hundred. And he's gonna go run a, a ten eight one hundred. I mean, the kid the kid is so incredibly athletic. And, and you know, not even talking about the high jump and, and his relays and 
how he throws. I mean, he could be in five, six, seven different events if he really wanted to go out there and do it. Um, <clears throat> that being said, I mean, he's probably a lower level, you know, kind of guy that they could get a look as a basketball player as well. If he really wanted to go ahead and dedicate himself to that. But I, I, I do feel like this is the guy that gener- the next guy we'll talk about generational talent, put him in there with crop and Gibson and Richie Ashburn and, and all the other greats. And I'm on greens that have come from the state of Nebraska. Dean Steinkluder was somebody that uh, came to mind for mm-hmm. from uh, Fred off the Sutter Heyman text line. So I don't know if he was eight man or not. I don't remember where he came out of. I don't, I don't uh, remember that one either. But well. yeah, Keneally to me, I mean, as far as far as like yeah. my time's concerned, yeah. I definitely put Terry I, there. I have to go back and look and see what Dean is. Uh, Brian, I want to ask you one last question about the one recruit in the 2024 class that has committed, Roger Gradney out of Garwood, Texas. Mm. What can you tell us about him uh, before we let you go? Yeah, just talked to his coach uh, yesterday, had a great conversation. Um, you know, going to get a look to probably play more of that hybrid spot. Going to play the hybrid spot this year for Rice Consolidated, number one. Um, coming off of a, a, a really an interesting uh, leg injury, had, had torn ligaments and a torn labrum in his hip from when he suffered that in track season as a freshman. I, I think everybody just kind of felt like he was – playing sorry for himself, maybe sitting out a little bit too much because he was running like a 10-8-100 and never, you know, never backing down on the football field. Then they finally said, well, let's go ahead and get you checked out. And they do the MRI and find out you've got torn ligaments and a torn labor in your hip. So pretty, pretty amazing. So I, I think that he's on the, you know, he's on the downhill side of that one too. So he's two months out of that deal. He's not going to run track this spring. I think that that's going to be a really interesting guy to watch to see what kind of interest is there. U of H was a school that was sniffing around there. A&M obviously has the offer from Texas Tech. Uh, he, he could really go out there and have a heck of a season and have a lot more in-state pressure to try to keep him at home. At least that's what I was kind of picking up on the vibe from this coach. But I would look at Nebraska to kind of see him as kind of that hybrid, you know, outside linebacker, JoJo Doman type of guy that can – roll down into the box and, and kind of get some pressure, but then also you can put him over a slot or put him over a running back, you know, if he wants to go out there and go out into the into the, into the patterns and a uh, really athletic guy, and he's also going to play a role for, uh, for Nebraska on special teams. Brian, we could talk all day. Uh, we always are smarter after talking to you, and we'll talk to you soon, hopefully, because there's always all recruiting right. news about to come up. And when he commits, that is Dylan Raiola. And probably tomorrow, uh, we'll have you back next week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Appreciate great, it, guys. Have a as great always. Thanks, uh, we didn't even get to the subject. Nebraska got a fullback. Do you see that? No. Uh, we'll talk to you about that. It was a walk-on fullback, but hey, we've got a fullback now. Uh, nice. Because you can't. It's hard to run the fullback in the power eye without a fullback because you kind of need one. That's of those. the rumor. Uh, but we'll talk about that and other things. We've got 15 minutes left in the show, so we've got to think of something, and we'll do that. He's Mike Melby. I'm Tom Stevens. It's Husker Rewind. More on the way.